everyone, Clarence here, and welcome to Discussing Trek, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS All Access series, Star Trek Discovery. Today, we're going to talk about the second of four short treks entitled Calypso, as well as a recap from a friend of the show, Lee Shackelford's visit to Stage 9 Studios in Kingsland, Georgia. Like always, I'm joined by my fellow co-host slash Trekkies. Starting with the tech story himself, Kerry Brown. How you doing, dude? Hello. How's it going? Good to be back. Oh, yeah, man. Good to have you on. And next we have the Who Storian, Cal Jones. Well, I will second what Kerry said and say and glad to be back. So real quick, how is everybody doing? Everybody having a good week? Anything to report on the fronts? Anything? Well, I don't know if this is a good thing, and it definitely isn't a good thing, but I think we would be remiss if we didn't at least make notice or make comment on the passing of a legend in Stan Lee today. Stan Lee died? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. Stan yeah. Lee passed, man. Oh, wow. Did it just like just happen? <laughs> it happened earlier today. Oh, uh, man. I think his daughter um, released had a press release on it, but... You know, Stanley lived a good life. He was 95 freaking years old. Jeez. <laughs> and, you know, I think he had been up in all of the Marvel movies for cameos up until now. He may have missed one or two in there. I'm not completely sure. But Kyle, tell us some of the awesome things Stanley has created. If you if you go back and you look, if you're a comic book fan or you're you're a pop culture fan, there are things that most people wouldn't even imagine that Stanley has created. But if you look at the pop culture landscape and you see Spider-Man, you see the Inhumans, you see um, the X-Men, the Avengers, Captain America. You look at, um, you know, the I may have said the X-Men, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, and the names keep going and going and going Black Panther even. So you've got all of these characters that have been around for for years and will be around for years to come came from the imagination of this in part of this one man. So it's just amazing how one person could influence our pop culture in ways that maybe unlike, you know, I could see these characters becoming like some of the Shakespeare characters of of their time, even of the way they're going to stay around. So just, just brilliant that he was able to create all of that. Yeah, man. And I I just think of and I think I was talking to to you about this maybe a couple of days ago, but just how much the comic universe has influenced popular media today. Just look at the vast amount of comic book shows that are on TV and streaming services right now. It's uncanny. (laughs) It's, It's really crazy right now. And and of course, we owe that a large part of that to, to Stan Lee. Exactly. Exactly. So in the words of Stan Lee, Excelsior. <laughs> awesome. So I guess we'll move on from that. And just, um, just, I want to say guys, what we do here on this podcast is review each episode of Star Trek Discovery in somewhat excessive detail. In addition to talking all things Trek, if you're into the show, I want you to go right now. First, subscribe to the show on your RSS uh, uh, player or, or uh, app of your choice. But next, I need you to immediately go to YouTube and check out Discussing Trek 
on YouTube, which you can get to by going to youtube.discussingtrek.com and check out the latest video we have in our Who Is series where we are explaining who is Michael Burnham. And uh, definitely check that out and share with your friends who may want to know more about Star Trek Discovery. But guys, we're going to get into our review of Calypso. But before we get into that, guys, Trek news. So Star Trek Discovery Season 1 is now on iTunes. TrekCore.com reports ahead of its November 13th Blu-ray release, Star Trek Discovery Season 1 has come to iTunes, available now for $2.99 per episode or $34.99 for the full season. All 15 chapters in Discovery Season 1 are up on Apple service. Thoughts, guys? Boom. <laughs> I, I know personally, I thought... I was adamant about this when we first talked about Discovery in CBS All Access. I was sure it would never, ever <laughs> come to <laughs> iTunes or even Blu-ray for that matter. But both of my, you know, hardcore theories about this have been dispelled. Do we think it's good for CBS All Access or even the show that it's, you know, kind of moving off of that platform? Oh, absolutely. I yeah. mean, the, the more exposed, the better, right? Yeah, and I mean, at this point, um, it's kind of moot to just have it on. I feel like to just have it on, um, t- to just have it on, uh, CBS Access. Because if you think about it, like think about television shows that go to DVD, they've made all their money pretty much from having it. You know, the premiere episodes or whatever the premiere season, like that's where they get their big money hit. So, I mean, yeah. after that, it's just res- residual stuff. So, I mean, they'll still make money from CBS Access because there'll be new people subscribing to the new season. But, like, after that, you know, they're going to put it on all this other, all these other formats. And I don't think iTunes is the last thing it's going to be on. It'll probably be on some other formats as well, you know, to try to pull in extra dollars. I, I think this is just kind of the natural flow of things. Yeah, I mean, it certainly makes sense as people, you know, they they pony up to get CBS All Access as the season is going on. And, you know, as soon as the season over, most people like us, maybe <laughs> unsubscribed. So, you know, those numbers went down. And the another revenue stream is to put it on other services, you know, maybe even throw a bone to the people who hated CBS All Access in the first place. Granted, you're getting it almost a year later um, on the other you know, platforms, but at least people are getting it. And this is a way that they can consume it and, you know, just pay a, a, <laughs> a fee that is not all too different from maybe four months of CBS all access to, to get the Blu-ray. So you have it for, uh, you know, have it forever. So maybe that is a good thing for all of the Trek fans everywhere. Well, you know, considering that I'm known as the, um, the Apple guy around here. So I'm on iTunes at the moment. And the first thing that it, that I noticed whenever I got home this afternoon, whenever I clicked on iTunes, went to TV shows to download last night's Doctor Who popped up the, you know, Star Trek Discovery. So it's right there front and center of your, um, you know, the things that it's showing. Then I looked while you guys were talking just then and top TV seasons, um, the Walking Dead is number six. Um, I don't even see Doctor Who in their top TV seasons, actually. And the number one top TV series season is Star Trek Discovery. Wow. That is freaking huge. Jeez. So, <laughs> there you go. And my other point, 
um, is like it's not like they're necessarily breaking new ground with this. I mean, this is pretty much the same format the Game of Thrones follows, you know, like the the show premieres on HBO on a pay only service. And then, you know, after the season's over and the new one's about to start, they release the DVD, they release all the other extra stuff. So, I mean, that's another thing to keep in mind. Yeah. Yeah. That certainly makes a lot of sense. So cool. Pick it up, guys. And when you're watching, you know, these new episodes for some of you, make sure you uh, check out this podcast. Hope you find us. <laughs> so um, also in news, uh, a report report rumor. Uh, Michelle Yeoh may be in talks for a Star Trek Section 31 series. Alex Kurtzman may be at it again. Not only have we gotten an announced Picard series and an animated series called Lord Dex, but now yet another series has been in the rumor mill as it is reported that Michelle Yeoh is in talks for Section 31. Thoughts, guys? What do you think? Yes. <laughs> I'm good with it. All for it. I always felt like it was a waste that she wasn't on Discovery more, so if she gets her own series, that's just awesome. Yeah, and of course we got that what behind the scenes or sneak peek at the end of last season where we she see her talking to a the mirror Giorgio talking to the Section Thirty One operative, and also in this latest season two trailer we see where she has the actual Section Thirty One badge as well. So yeah, she's all up in Section Thirty One, and it makes it even more poignant that we are doing our Section Thirty One series here on the Discussing Trek podcast. So that should be awesome. I, I want them. I'm anxious to see how they flesh out a full season of a Section Thirty One enriched. You know, maybe a little more gritty, maybe doing a little more Starfleet like things <laughs> in Section Thirty One because you know it's the operative group. But I definitely would love to see that play out on in, in a series. Might be something cool. Definitely. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, I guess we are ready to get into our main review. But again, like at the end, we're going to have thoughts from Lee's Stage 9 visit the Stage 9 Studios in Kingsland, Georgia. But first... Star Trek Short Treks entitled Calypso, which aired November 8th, 2018, written by Michael Coban, uh, uh, who also wrote the John Carter screenplay. All of you who saw John Carter, all one of you, I didn't. Great, great, <laughs> what? great movie. The gauntlet dropped. Wow. Great. It, it, did, it did not sell, but it was a, I loved it. It was awesome. Are you familiar with the books? The, are you just a movie fan of John Carter? I didn't know there was a book. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going to go ahead and mark it in the put a line in the sand here. We're going to have to do a John Carter discussing comics review. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I think that'd be fun because I haven't seen the movie. So you give me high hopes. Yeah, and I can a, ask plenty of questions because I because I don't even know what it is. What? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> he has something to do with Mars, right? Yeah, John Carter yeah, okay. of Mars. I think it's a book. But yeah, written by Michael Car- Carbon, who wrote Calypso, uh, directed by Olatunde Osami. I'm saying that wrong, probably. But this guy also directed What's Past is Prologue and The Butcher's Knife Cares Not for the Lamb's Cry. So uh, definitely uh, in that Star Trek Discovery group of directors. Uh, Calypso stars Aldous Hodge from Leverage, Black Mirror as well as Underground, as Kraft and Annabelle Wallace as Zora and Sash Stringa as Zora Hollow Dancer. 
And the synopsis of the story is after waking up in an unfamiliar sick bay, Kraft finds himself on board a deserted ship and his only companion and hope for survival is an AI computer interface. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle station. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. So let's go around the horn real quick and get thoughts on this episode. Let's start with you, Cal. What do you think? <laughs> okay, so wasted character because he needs to be on the series proper. Yes. I, I thought he was fantastic. I mean, it was like my whole point of seeing him on there was like, we're not going to see him again. But, yeah. but, but, but other than that, I could have watched this for hours really yes i mean this the whole story of that was was very entertaining i really enjoyed it wow i'm shocked quite frankly (laughs) okay i'm curious but but i want to hear what uh, but i want to know why you think why you were shocked yeah what about you carrie well, first of all, I'm a I'm a very big Aldous Hodge fan from Leverage. Um, that was like one of my favorite shows, like on TV while it aired. So, um, to see him in this universe that I really really enjoy was was great. Um, I do kind of feel uh a little bit about Cal, like how as far as him being wasted because you know this takes place a thousand years in the future. So it's like, will he possibly be on the show? Nope. Um, so that was a bit of a <laughs> that was a bit of a bummer, but um, I really enjoyed him in this universe. Um, I you know I don't know, like I'm not crazy. I wasn't crazy about the format of the episode necessarily. That's not to say I didn't enjoy it, but um, I felt like they could have done a lot more with his character than they did. Yeah, I'm not, I'm going to have to echo the things that both of you guys said. It felt like a waste because he fit into this universe. And I would have loved to seen him in Star Trek Discovery proper, but, but yeah, I guess that will not happen now. <laughs> but, but, but I, I don't know. It reminds me of those films. Like I know there was a Tom Cruise film where it was just him most of the time. I think about the, uh, what is it? I am legend with Will Smith. Right. You kind of have to deal with these movies where it's just this one character and you have to kind of live this story through him. But at least in this instance, we had Zora as well. So it made it a little more interesting. Now, do you guys know the tale of the goddess Calypso? No. No. <laughs> okay. Well, to me, this paints the picture of the writers, uh, the the production team over at Star Trek, just using Star Trek Discovery as a canvas to tell a story. And, you know, the story of Calypso is a... um is in Homer's Odyssey that that mirrors this story where we see craft is it's kind of wooed by, you know, what he has here. And he want he, he says he wants to leave, but she kind of keeps him there and says, you know, it's not possible. So let's go ahead and get into the story. What do we think about the early um, 20th century references or mid 20th century references in this story. Um, <laughs> like, uh, the, Betty Boop on the screen? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. have you have Betty Boop. You have the uh, the 1957 um, uh, Funny Face movie with um, Audrey Hepburn and Fred Astaire. It, it it was cool, but you know, again, to me, just feel like they're using the discovery to tell a story that's 
not really related. But I mean, what do you guys think about those references? Well, I mean, the thing to me that kind of stood out is a bit odd with them using those particular re- references is that those references are retro to us. So <laughs> yes. seeing as how the original Star Trek Discovery, if we take that timeline, is supposedly much further in the future from now. And then we add on the thousand years. It just seems super, super weird to me that they're referencing Betty Boop and 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 classic, you know, Fred Astaire, like Audrey Hepp. Like to me, that was just a bit odd. Not that it was like a a detriment. It just seemed kind of weird to me. Yeah. See, for me, I took it more so as you were going back pretty much in some ways as far back in movie or or video media that you possibly could and then going so far into the future i saw it more as an attempt for a contrast purpose maybe maybe and they did mention the long ago plenty of times where uh you know discovery long ago versus betty boop long ago two separate totally separate things (laughs) (laughs) true but let's, I mean, a good point, Kyle. So let's just talk about this being put a thousand years in the future. And I guess maybe that is the most interesting part of this episode of why choose to put this story 1000 years in the future, a future where we see discovery has some type of AI that has evolved over the last thousand years. I mean, you don't see this in freaking um, Voyager, an AI this advanced. Of course, you had the computer on starships for a long time. Uh, why a thousand years in the future? Any any thoughts? Any theories? More importantly, hmm. interesting that you said that because uh, earlier today I found an article at comicbook.com and the title of it is Star Trek Short Treks May Have Solved the Discovery Continuity Problem. What? okay so you know you're gonna have to explain now yeah please elaborate (laughs) okay so it says calypso presents an interesting solution to the problem the episode takes place 1000 years after star trek discovery the escape pod holding the main character craft is picked up by the discovery and on the whim of the ship's computer which is evolved into a central um sentient artificial intelligence um then it's it goes on to say um, that we know that the other ship, the I, I can't remember the other ship's name, but the other ship had been that was like the Discovery had already been destroyed. The Glen. And what if yes, the Glen. So if something takes the Discovery into the future, then that would explain how. If those were the only two that had this technology, that would explain how this ship, this experimental ship, just kind of was erased from existence because it disappeared. So oh, that's the theory behind it. Okay, good point. But, but, but. Debunk it. But the AI doesn't say it came there it says it's been waiting for a thousand years. Now, I guess you could take that oh. in the sense that it's been there in a thousand years in the future, but to me that feels like it's been sitting in that nebula or whatever it is waiting for literally a thousand years. Mm. Is that what you, that how you feel about a carrier? Did it feel feel like it may have just 
uh, went to the future or or sport to the future sport. Did I, really I say have that? a feel. Yeah, to me, it felt like it had been sitting there for that long. I mean, and they kind of made everything dusty, and I mean, yeah. I guess as dusty as they could have made it. And <laughs> I, I, f- I feel like it's been sitting there for a thousand years. Yeah. Well, even the fact that it's been sitting there could still explain why we don't see it in any of other Star Trek properties. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. You know, hidden in some nebula somewhere. I mean, it's the discovery. It can go virtually anywhere that's been unexplored, you know. So it could be like way in the far reaches of space, hidden in some place that we'd never know to find it. So we talked about uh, Aldous Hodge and, and his role as craft just a little bit, or quarrel, however you want to say it. Uh, so what do we think about him as in his role as craft. We know he's a soldier. Um, as Cal just mentioned, he was found on this escape pod and, and brought aboard, aboard discovery. What do we think about his character in this story? Not necessarily about his character, but the fact that there's still wars going on a thousand years later. I mean, I guess it just shows that, um, mankind is mankind. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Good point. I go back to saying what I said before, which was I just felt like a waste of character, meaning I wanted to see more. Yeah. Yeah. Thoughts on Zora? Uh, I didn't originally think that it was a computer. At first, I thought it was someone else. And I and I don't remember when I realized, oh, wait, this is actually the computer. Did you guys think it was the computer all along? Yeah, I instantly thought it was an A.I., yeah, me too. Me too. What are your thoughts on Zora Carey? Um, <laughs> not much to say. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll say I thought how it was interesting that, you know, at first she said she hasn't been lonely. She's had all this time to think. But I think ultimately, after having watching watched this story for a third time, you know, it to me, it just feels like this AI has its evolved so much to you know not fully sentient but nearly and you know it's i feel like it's lonely i mean it's witnessed by this this uh homer's tale as well as what we see in the show uh that it reflects to me it's it doesn't want to let uh craft go because it doesn't want to be alone you know another thousand years so that's that's kind of what I got from her character. You know, this ultra giving. Uh, what's the movie where the, the woman breaks the guy's legs? Misery. Misery. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> she's so lonely where she's going head over heels. Taco Tuesdays, you know, head over heels for this 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 companion that she's found after a thousand years. And she is doing everything to please this dude because she doesn't want to see him go and she doesn't want to be lonely. So, I mean, again, my opinion, overall, a great story, you know, a good message. And she eventually sends him on his way. But didn't make sense for Star Trek Discovery. I don't know. Again, maybe just a good canvas to tell the story on. Mm. Yeah, I got a serious her vibe. I guess that would be my thing. Did yeah. you guys ever see that movie? Oh, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix? Awesome movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get that. I definitely get that. So, man. So, go ahead. Kyle. So let me ask you, let, let me ask a question. Do, you know, the last one I said something to the effect 
they're not going to waste time and energy on a story that's not going to relate. <laughs> so do we think we might see craft again or do we think that this has deeper meaning or is it simply for the sake of, hey, we're, we're, we're just you know doing a story for the heck of it? I actually think we, we will see him again. They'll figure out some kind of voodoo or something to get him on the show. I mean, especially if there's a positive response to this, which I pretty much feel like there will be. Um, they'll figure out how to get him on the show. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of how I feel ultimately, too. I hope that they can do something that we're, you know. I think of as, as the new who does this a lot. Maybe, maybe there's some through line in all these short tricks that we can't see now where my hope is that in you no know, five, six episodes, seven episodes into the season, we're going to be like, Oh, that's what you were doing. You're sneaky, aren't you? <laughs> you know, that's my hope. That's my hope. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think. I think they should do that because, you know, otherwise I'm like, John, why have these stories that aren't connected at all? Though they might be good stories, they might be interesting. But ultimately, I think we wanted to connect to what we know from the series. So I don't know. Mm, Well said. Any final thoughts? Because I think, you know, (laughs) there's not a lot to say about this, to be honest. Although although I feel like it's good, it's just not a lot to say about it. Mm. What did you guys think of the whole dance scene? Uh, Again, to me, that was just playing on nostalgia that Carrie said before is even nostalgia for us because 1957 funny face. I mean, I had to go look the movie up. (laughs) Uh, I I don't know I don't know I just think they're missing a lot of people with that that might be a nod to the old Trekkie older Trekkies you know I don't know I don't know who who, unless you're a movie buff and you're I don't know who I don't know man. (laughs) Uh, uh, I don't know maybe that's one of those American movies everybody should know but again, like, are people in Canada are overseas gonna? I mean, okay, Audrey Hepburn, Hepburn is from um the U, the e- England or Europe, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I'm, tra- I'm pulling straws here, man. I don't know what they're going for. Yeah, no, I, I don't either. I was just curious because it just, it, it, you know, it seemed quote unquote romantic because that's the way you know they were trying to do the he's falling in love with this. Um, being that's not really there, but on the flip of that, yeah, I kind of get the whole what's the purpose? It's a good story, but it just <laughs> I can just hear John saying it. <laughs> what's the point? Oh, god, yeah, I'm gonna tell him to send in some feedback, even though he couldn't be on the show. I can hear him now, <laughs> but anyway, I'm sure some movie buffs out there loved what they saw, and you know, hey. It's some more Star Trek, which I ultimately can't complain much about that. So, guys, um, we are going to cut right into our friend and co-host on Discussing Who, Lee Shackelford's visit to Stage 9 Studios. Hey, guys, before we get into the interview with Lee about his adventure to Stage 9 Studios, I thought I should cut in and tell people exactly what Star Trek Continues is because... 
everybody's not going to know. So Star Trek Continues is an American fan-created web series set in the Star Trek universe. The series is an unofficial direct continuation of Star Trek, the original series, and emulates its visual and storytelling features to achieve the same look and feel. Those who made the show have said in interviews that the intent was to finish the original five-year mission of the show, and this was borne out in the plot lines and the final two episodes. I have seen most of the Star Trek Continue episodes, not all of them, but I will say it is really great. It has a lot of stars in it that you might know from Star Trek and other popular media. So I would definitely say, check it out. Check it out. We talk about some of that in this upcoming interview, but yeah, definitely keep Star Trek continues on your radar. I'll see you at the other side of this discussion with Lee Shackford. I drove seven hours on Friday and then did it again on Sunday, but I am not complaining. Mm. <laughs> hey, that's dedication, man. But I had two friends uh, who I know from the playwriting world, and we've never really spent more than a few minutes together before in person. So then we were in a car for seven hours. <laughs> so uh, it was just great getting to know the two of them better and uh, and then to <laughs> and then to keep the conversation going but to be doing it on the enterprise oh just fantastic pictures man i wow love seeing you <laughs> being a five-year-old again exactly yeah. it was great it was yeah great. i was tickled by how many people said uh, you look so natural sitting in that command chair and my <laughs> friend david was the one who pointed out he said well we have been practicing for 50 years <laughs> you ought to feel comfortable out there i said yeah you're right well you're right about that I just wanted, I said, if if I don't come away here with but one picture, I just want a picture of me standing on one of those pads in the transporter room. That's, the, I just want that. <laughs> and, uh, and Todd and Sean and I, we went in there and that's the first thing we did. They took a pin and Todd went to the controls and I got on the pad. I said, okay, we can leave now. <laughs> no, no, we're not going to leave now. But, Never. I'm sleeping here. <laughs> I did want to lie down on the bed in, in sick bay, and that was one of the things that they had a they had a sign that said, "Please do not lie on the beds." Oh, so, um, yeah, but uh, and I understand that because people were walking in there. Of course, nobody's going to take their shoes off and get on that bed. But um, that fabric that's on Captain Kirk's bed and uh, on the beds in sick bay, you know, pretty much any time there was a soft surface, it had this red shiny fabric and it's one of the distinctive looks of the original series and so they knew they couldn't fudge on that since this is supposed to be everything's supposed to be exactly the same and uh they could not they they're fabric experts they looked for that fabric everywhere and it was not to be found and they had done such a great job of matching so many other things on the, in, in in rebuilding this set from 1966 but um, there was nothing for it but for them to commission a miller to make it for them. Wow. So they had, I don't know how many yards of this fabric, but I hope it was a ton. But Because uh, now they can sell it to other Star Trek fans. But, but yeah, they, they, did a, they did a Kickstarter or, or something to, to raise the money they would need, the large amount of money they need to, to make that fabric. And, and they did it. And, boy, you walk into that room and you go, this is sick bay. I, I'd know it. <laughs> you know, 
I know it anywhere. And that fabric is part of what sells it. So, yeah, yeah, they didn't want people laying on it. A little touchy about that. What a labor of love, man. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and all built by volunteers. I mean, nobody got paid anything to do any of this. And I think maybe my favorite part of what you posted was the force perspective mm. um, in the engineering. In the engineering, yeah. yeah. It's 12 feet deep. Yeah, I, I wow. Because yeah. <laughs> you really could not tell looking at it head on that it wasn't just went on for miles and miles. Right. I just can't, I could not get over how small the engineering room was. Hmm. But, you know, I, I, I did, I, I videotaped it. I took pictures of it. I'm looking at, you know, the original series. It's, it is, it's exactly the same. Really? Which means that room was never as big as we <laughs> Interesting. thought it was. Yeah. Yeah, the camera always makes things look bigger. Uh, Karen uh, got to tour uh, Highclere Castle, where they filmed uh, all of the the castle stuff in the Downton Abbey. And she said, "You just go to room from room to room, saying, is this is this it? Is this really it? Because it <laughs> it looks so it looks so small in here, but on screen, it everything just looks enormous. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely can't wait to uh, to pick your brain on that. Yep." I came back being a I, I came back being a bigger TOS fan than I ever was before. <laughs> wow, <laughs> which I really would not have thought was possible. But, and Mignona, I, that answers. Is a that how question. you say it? Mignona, like like manana. Yeah, Mignona. So, so did did you get to talk with him directly, or because oh, yeah, 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 I get to because ch- chat with him quite a bit. Yeah, I'm wondering if if um, they even have because I think the reason they discontinued is because of um, CBS's um, onerous rules around some of the intellectual property. Um, you know, saying so much is is fan properties can't have anything Star Trek related in it. Um, yep, and they've even even with the task on some games lately to really mm-hmm. just crush them. So, man, that's unfortunate yep. when people are doing these things that. Are, I think ultimately are just shining light on something we already love. You know, they're not trying to take fans away. They're trying to bring them to. And, you know, just a few years ago, the BBC did a 180 on this because they were hunting down people who are doing fan Doctor Who fan films wow. and giving them cease and desist and taking their videos off YouTube and, fi- you know, threatening people with fines and so on. And somewhere along the way, I don't exactly know what happened, but somebody at the BBC decided look these people are out here advertising our show hello you know they're they're loving on our franchise and so now it's the other way around that the bbc seems to actually encourage people to do doctor who fan films so if cbs would get the word yeah and i'm wondering now that leslie moonvez is gone maybe if that might change some or is it is it coming from paramount or is it coming from you know, CBS well, one proper. Of the, one of the one of the things I didn't know until talking with people involved with the Star Trek continues is that CBS and Paramount are not they're 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 not in bed together. They are. Yep. It's a tussle. Yeah. And yeah. Paramount owns has always owned Star Trek, but CBS has bought parts of the property and parts of its ancillary rights. So they're in constant struggle. CBS and Paramount. So part of it is coming from CBS and part of it is coming from Paramount. So if they ever got their stuff settled, yeah, it would be a lot easier for them to come back and say, you know what, guys, you, you weren't doing us any harm. But um, 
But, you know, it, 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 it cost Vic a fortune out of his pocket, which comes from anime, you know. Yeah. Um, the, his, his voice actor money is what has paid for all of this. For Metal Alchemist. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, when he goes to conventions, that's still what people, you know, stand up and cheer when, when he shows up. So uh, that's how people, you know, most people know him. But that money has allowed him to, to make Star Trek continues because he can't, he can't sell those DVDs. He can't, you know. They have a Patreon now that's, that says support Stage 9 Productions. Hmm. So because are, they can't. Are they going to totally discontinue or are they just kind of holding out in the hopes of the kind of these, these um, rules to be reversed? When you see episode 11, you'll see what their decision was. Hmm. It's a hell of a better ending to the original series than Turnabout Intruder. <laughs> so <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> you know, the last broadcast episode of the original series is one that most of us cannot stand. So it's just so embarrassing. Did you notice the Discovery Easter egg in the last episode? I did. <laughs> I did. And my friend Todd, he said, uh, so that was a little bit of an olive branch. To uh, CBS Paramount, I think he said. I think yeah. that was Vic saying, "Hey, look, guys, I can play. <laughs> I can be. I can be on the team. Look, look, we're we're going along this this row here. Look, look, it's Discovery. See, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was. And then even further, like the time frame is nowhere. It's, isn't a different time frame than actual Discovery takes place. So it's yeah. not actually intruding on anything that they're currently actively doing. You know, no. no. So yeah. The continuing missions. To boldly go. Right. Or to continuously go, I should say. To continuously go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think you saw my, my picture, but the uh, the restrooms at this, this, this stage have a sign on the say, go awesome. boldly. That go boldly. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so did all the knobs and, 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 and switches move, actually, or were they all kind of... A lot of them are real static. I mean, you as they were on the original series. You know, a lot of the stuff on, on, on at the science station and communication, those are basically lozenges. They might as well be candy. Ah, uh, those things that uh, Spock and Uhura were touching. You know, yeah, they they don't move. They don't push anything. Hmm. Um, uh, when I was up there playing with them, I was I was just thinking that that how how interesting that must have been. For them as performers for three years to be up there touching these things and acting like you're pushing them down. <laughs> and then, you know, the a Foley artist is going to add a click or a beep. Yeah. And all those things. But, and it really struck me, you know, that what we've, we've always bought it because we hear, you know, when somebody pushes it. But, uh, no, there's no reason to think those things ever <laughs> actually were a button that pushed. <laughs> so, are there people actually behind the doors sliding them in, in and out? They asked us not to open and close the doors. I ah. think that that was the only ask. You know, just don't don't play with the doors. That that that, that mechanism is just too weird and fragile. And uh, yeah, I really wanted to get in that turbo lift and, and come on the bridge. <laughs> from Vic told a very moving story about how much the character of Captain Kirk has meant to him growing up, and then this whole conceit in which he's going to get to play Captain Kirk. Um, in episodes of what, you know, we're going to say are uh, episodes of the original series. And then he's got Chris Dewan, yeah, uh, who's going to be Scotty. And, and Chris has always, you know, never trained as an actor. He's a doctor. He's a, he's a, a vascular technician. Wow. And, but, but when it was learned that he kind of favored his father and can do the accent, 
um, and his legacy, of course, you know, it's great to have Chris doing in the, in the yeah. opening titles, you know, but he said that first day of shooting of all things, it was, um, a thing where Kirk and Scotty are going to come onto the bridge and, uh, their first day of shooting on the, the bridge. And they pulled that door open and he said, uh, he said, I walked down to that chair and he said, I looked over at Mr. Scott and he sat down at his station and we knew the camera's rolling. And Vic said, I just, I couldn't say my line. Wow. And he, and he said, and I looked at Chris and I saw the tears in his eyes too, because Chris was sitting where his father always sat. Hmm. And, and it had really, for the first time, fully hit both of them, what they were doing and where they were. Uh, Vic's saying, I'm sitting in the captain's chair, just like, um, this is Captain Kirk's chair. Yeah. And that's Scotty over there. And I'm looking at him. And what I see is Scotty. <laughs> that's <Wow>. amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so they just had to, you know, take a moment, pull themselves together, go back into turbo lift. <laughs> Let's try this again. <laughs> but I just, I, I just love that. What a, what a moment. And we met uh, Sarai, who was in uh, one of the episodes as a little girl. Um, and, um, is just the most charming, charming child in the world. And what she has been doing since then is a podcast where she's reviewing episodes of the original series. It's called Sarai Trek. <laughs> oh, wow. That's cool. Uh, you you got to see this because she is adorable. Yeah. Also on the cast is, um, Grant Imahira. I'm probably saying his mm-hmm. name wrong. Yes. The, he's, he's on Myth, Myth, Busters, Myth Busters back in the yeah, day, I believe. That's right. Yeah. The Myth Busters guy. Yeah. 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 He's Mr. Sulu. <laughs> yeah. It, as well as they've had many guests. Uh, I hold a place in my heart for Rika Sharma, which I, I just love her. Lieutenant Landry on uh, Star Trek Discovery. And also Battlestar Galactica. She was a Cylon, actually. Spoiler. Sorry. But <laughs> um, she was. As, yeah. <laughs> as well as, like, I think John Delancey, Ru, Lou Ferrigno has been on the show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, they bring they bring some nice uh, guests in there as well to, to do guest appearances. That last two episodes has Amy, Amy Rydell. Um, you know the uh, the Enterprise incident where uh, the Enterprise is surrounded by Romulan warships and the and Kirk uh, goes undercover as a Romulan to steal the cloaking device. Spock has a has a has a, a romantic fling with the female Romulan commander. Anyway, if you don't know this one, then you know you get you got to see it. Uh, third season episode, the Enterprise incident. But that Romulan commander is Joanne Linville. And she's 90 now. So wow. th- they wanted to have that character back. But of course, you can't have Joanne Linville playing it, right? Yeah. And Vic found out that her daughter, is it her daughter? Yeah. Yeah. How old was she when she had this daughter? Anyway, <laughs> she, her, her daughter is, she at least appears to be the age that her mother was when she, she did the show. And so they, they got in touch with her and they, you know, they didn't even know if she resembled her at all. Uh-huh. And she sent him a headshot and they said, holy smoke. And they wow. contracted with her, got her out to do this. And when they get her in makeup, when they point her ears and, and get that the and the costume, which they reproduce lovingly, it's amazing. <laughs> it's wow. it's that Romulan commander. It's it's just almost it's, it's, it is. It's just weird. Yeah, I'm looking at this picture. Wow. That's amazing. So uh, how long are they keeping this? Is it like just a tourist attraction, attraction now or what's going on with it? Well, How this did- was an, this was an experiment. They did an open house this weekend and um, it was not. I wondered if it was going to be a mob scene. It was not, I would say, well attended. 
because you know they this is part of their problem. How are they supposed to advertise something like that if they can't say Star Trek? They they can't license it as a Star Trek tourist attraction. So this was an experiment, and the guy who now owns the facility says he's determined to keep the doors open, but that's one of the reasons why they they asked us all to go out saying Star Trek continues.com because that's where you could hook up to that Patreon and, you know, they can raise some money. But here's the frustrating thing is that, you know, there's another enterprise replica, um, in, uh, Ticonderoga, New York. And that's where they were shooting the series called phase two. And that guy who is also the, the showrunner and the guy who put all the money into it and plays captain Kirk, you know, he, he's, he and Vic and Vic and James are the, are the two guys. And this guy made the deal with CBS Paramount to ah. be the official Star Trek tourist attraction. And they're not going to shoot their series anymore either. So they've put ceilings on the sets. They've, you know, kind of buffed the corners of some things so that they're, they're now a little more polished. So it is a Star Trek museum. So you can go in there and, you know, for, for a few bucks, you can sit in the captain's chair and have your picture taken and all this stuff, but it's not a working set. So it's more like going to, I call it Star Trek land. I haven't been there, but but this is what I wanted. I wanted to go to a working set like Shatner and Nimoy and Kelly and do and did in 1966. You know, that's what I wanted. And that's what, that's what's in Kingsland, Georgia. And, but the one in Ticonderoga is probably gonna win out. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It'd be a tragedy for the continued set not to live on somewhere. In some fashion. When when I when I left there, I just took one last look down that corridor that I have been going up and down in my mind for 50 years. And I just thought, I can't imagine this being pushed into the dumpster. That may be what happens. So real quick, guys, I want to thank Lee and Cal for that conversation. Again, we want to iterate. If you want to support this fan recreation that they have done, you need to head on over to patreon.com slash Stage Nine Studios. That's patreon.com slash stage nine studios. You can also check these guys out by going to www.stage9studios.com if you want more information. Yeah, right now we're just going to wrap things up. So we're going to go around the horn. I'm going to start with Carrie. Man, what have you been working on, podcast related or otherwise, that you want to talk about? Ah, well, nothing really. Just uh, Tech Petition every Wednesday at 9. Um, oh, yeah. Please um, tune in for the – we're doing it live. Um, we have a day, which I don't think <laughs> we've ever talked about before. So Wednesdays at 9. Did I say Tuesday? Wednesdays at 9. <laughs> every week, um, tune in, ask questions, provide feedback. We definitely call out people who comment on the Facebook feed or the Facebook comments of the video, the live video. So please just come join in the discussion and, um, you know, we have a good time. So come check us out. Yeah. You can find that at facebook.com slash tech for the live version of the show. All right. And Kyle Jones, man, what do you have to talk about podcast related or otherwise? Well, for anyone, we've mentioned this podcast before, but it won't hurt to mention it again. If you're a Doctor Who fan and you're watching Series 11, or if you're not watching Series 11 and you're watching Series 1 or the classics, go back and go to your podcast player and subscribe to Discussing Who and find out more at DiscussingWho.com. 
All right. Also, I will point you in the direction of the Relativity Podcast, which can be found at RelativityPodcast.com. And that is all about our friend and the and co-host on Discussing Who. And you just heard him a few minute, moments ago on his stage nine review. A huge Star Trek fan. Huge and former writer, wink, wink, of Star Trek The Next Generation. Lee is is just the greatest when it comes to Star Trek. And you need to check out his audio serial um, called Relativity, which is audio serial for your uh, ears and mind. And you may even hear a Clarence Brown or Cal Jones on season three of the Relativity Podcast. So definitely head on over to RelativityPodcast.com and check that out. All right, guys. Finally, I'm just going to say, please go to our website go to our youtube page make sure you like and subscribe on the various platforms subscribing is the most important thing you can do to help this show we are out of here and until next time guys live long and prosper Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe.